Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Well, as many listeners will know, the Globe Forums here in Vancouver, it's the largest leadership summit on sustainable business in North America. We both spent some time there. The yeah. Last couple and, days. Well, okay. Right now it's Thursday and uh, we were both there on Wednesday. A lot of action going on mm-hmm. there. I. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, but you were able to uh, do a pretty cool uh, panel, moderate there, uh, just talking about the big impacts on business and sustainability. Uh, I, I was able to cover everything from, say, autonomous cars to just the way that big data is reshaping the way that cities work. And mm-hmm. even the, the former president of Mexico was there yeah. addressing how we need to actually step up and take more action on climate change. He got a couple laughs when he refused to say Donald Trump's name at the conference. He said, mm. I don't even remember that guy's name. And everybody <laughs> laughed. I, I think on, a, on a, maybe you shouldn't finish in a barrel for a joke like that here in Vancouver at a sustainability conference. And you're talking about Donald Trump. Just my opinion. We had a similar moment happen too in one of the panel sessions before mine. Robert Rubin, who's the former Secretary of the Treasury in the U.S., his phone actually rang on stage, and the whole segment that whole morning was about climate change, and he handled it quite well on his feet. And he said, "Oh, sorry, that's just Donald Trump calling to tell me there is no climate change." <laughs> that got a really good rise out of the crowd. Of course, a very probably eco sustainability minded yeah. audience at Globe. Yeah, but that's a good joke though. It was great. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Just, just from a pure comedy perspective. Yeah. No, so. it was good. I got to get a laugh. My panel discussion was all about insurance and our changing climate. You mentioned big data. Well, the two panelists I had the chance to speak with, they actually talked a little bit about how they're implementing different technologies to try and map out what climate change is going to do, how communities are going to have to respond, and how much it's going to cost. And it's going to cost a lot of money, a lot of money to prepare properly, but even more money if we don't. Anyhow, we're going to feature that interview now in two parts, the short break in between. The discussion features Don Forgeron. He's the president and CEO of the Insurance Bureau of Canada and Louis Gagnon. He's the president of Intact Financial in Canada. Have a listen. A lot of startling statistics, I have to say, and I know here in British Columbia, we just had one of the worst wildfire seasons here on record the other year. So I think you showed well that we can't just think about climate change as something that happens to other people in other countries. It unfortunately can and will happen to us right here at home. So thank you for that. I think that sets the tone well for the conversation we're going to have. And before we jump into it, Don, I'd like to ask you to maybe take a a couple moments, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the work of the Insurance Bureau of Canada. So my name is uh, Don Forgeron. I'm president and CEO of Insurance Bureau of Canada. I'm thrilled to be sitting in the same chair that Bob Rubin sat in. Uh, For a person of adequate age from uh, growing up in Cape (laughs) Breton, it's still a thrill uh, to to breathe the same air as the two Bobs uh, earlier. Very, uh, very uh, interesting panel. Um, We're the National Trade Association uh, Property Casualty Insurers. Um, We insure your homes, your cars, uh, your businesses. Um, while I love to talk about insurance, and especially auto insurance, and especially auto insurance in BC, those of you from BC who want to talk about ICBC, maybe we could do that later. Uh, but I spend the vast majority of my time talking about this, uh, talking about uh, climate, uh, the impact uh, it's had and will continue to have, uh, and, uh, and all the issues associated with the, uh, with the globe event here, which is why we're, we're one of the presenting sponsors, because uh, we feel that strongly about this issue, its importance, 
not just to us as insurers, but to us as Canadians. And we were inspired a little while ago uh, with the talk about the next generation. Um, and I, Louis, share your sentiment that I do hope they're smarter than us uh, and uh, bail us out of the mess that, uh, that we're creating. So that's a little bit about us. Great, thank you for that, Don. Louis, we heard from you earlier, but maybe you want to take a sure. moment as well to talk about you and your work. Yeah, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about the business. I think, I think our business is a, is a business where we rebuild uh, what people uh, lose. We are there when, uh, when, when things are not going really well. We're there when uh, uh, people need, need help. Uh, and that, that's what motivates me there, I mean, to be in, uh, in this business. I've been in that business for kind of forever. I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I, thought, I, I think it's, the, it's one of the business that has the most impact uh, on the life of the people, even though they don't realize it sometimes. And, uh, and what uh, Mr. Rubin said before, uh, we are a business that is looking at climate change very closely. He said that many of the, uh, of the businesses are not looking at it. That has a direct impact on, on everything we do, on, on our business uh, in general, on the way we, uh, we discuss with our customers, with, with our brokers, and, uh, and everything that's happening in climate right now, as, a, is, as Don was saying, it's uh, for sure one of the topic of uh, the most important topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Your conversation earlier really touched on the work you're doing to look ahead and sort of anticipate some of the challenges. So Don, I'd like to start with you. You're sort of at the intersection between the insurance industry and then really all levels of governments. That puts you in a really unique position and gives you a unique perspective on these issues. So maybe you can tell us about the innovation you're seeing in the industry and what that's going to do and how that's addressing some of the climate change challenges. Sure, thanks Haley. Um, we could spend whatever time we have remaining talking about the innovations in our industry because as Louis says, um, our industry has been consumed by this issue for a long time. Um, back in the early 80s, I believe it was Munich Re who sort of sounded the first clarion call for the business community uh, to wake up and, and realize that this issue was, was serious, um, that it was a threat, that it was a threat to their business, not just a threat in the sort of the historical sense that we had come to, to see it. And we've been on the front lines since then. We deal with, with um, uh, wildfires, with droughts, with floods, with hurricanes, with tropical storms. We've been on the front lines, so we're, we're the canary. We, we've, we've lived this for a long, long time. Um, and, uh, and so we've had a front row seat. So we've been motivated for a long time to want to do something about this. So for the benefit of those that, that don't come with an insurance background who didn't join the industry right out of high school. Um, there are probably a couple of things that we can do that I think are germane to the discussion here at Globe. One is the traditional risk transfer um, mechanism and what comes with risk transfer. And you heard one of the Bobs talk about how organizations ought to be insuring against the risks that they're now beginning to identify. So with that risk transfer, um, uh, we present to, to, to policymakers some really interesting market levers. That, that if, you, if you combine the market levers that, that our uh, insurers can pull, and you combine that with good public policy, you can really change behavior. You can really incent people to change behavior, but you can also incent organizations to change behavior. And again, one of the Bobs said he goes to dinner parties with CEOs who talk about climate change, who then go back to work and forget about climate change and don't incorporate it 
uh, into their business. Insurance is a risk, risk transfer mechanism with the price signals it sends. So, so think of it this way. Think of it, you're a high-risk automobile driver, and you get your premium from your insurance company. How do you lower that premium over time? By becoming a better driver, by maybe taking driver education. It's the same with climate risk. If you're at a high risk for flooding, what are the steps that you can take? So a very, very important role that, that, uh, that we can play there. But there's a secondary role that has not been well identified yet. And, and again, with good public policy, we can play a very, very important role in this transition to a low carbon economy. And I know there's a couple of round tables that we're going to be late for uh, where that's going to be discussed, where Minister McKenna is here today uh, talking about that very thing. So a couple of, of uh, I guess, educational moments, if you will, about how the role that our, uh, that our sector can play. On the innovation side, just a couple of quick uh, examples. Um, I think it was Swiss Re, just uh, within the last year or so, insured a coral reef off of Mexico from damage, damage from tourists, but damage from, from uh, climate change. Uh, our federal government, as part of the, uh, the Paris Agreement, um, uh, contributed $50 million towards a reinsurance pool in the Caribbean that helps those communities there um, uh, return and, and, uh, and build back from storms. But with a very interesting trigger, as opposed to waiting for the storm and the damage and the assessment, uh, it's called parametric. So a certain amount of rainfall or certain wind speeds trigger the payment. And some of those payments go towards actual resilience building. Um, RMS and Swiss Re developed a framework for resilience bonds a couple of years ago that are growing in popularity. Um, and green bonds, an area of real growth. I think in 2017, about $150 billion in green bonds, which was a, almost an 80% increase over 2016. So a huge area of growth. And lastly, I'll, I'll end just a little bit closer to home in terms of innovation, uh, and it deals with the issue that Louis uh, talked about, and that is a flood. Uh, three years ago, residential flood insurance was not available in Canada. And, and uh, we talked a little bit, I think Louis mentioned the insurance gap between uh, when an event happens, what's insured and, and what's not insured. Uh, on flood, it's, it's not been insured. So we've relied on disaster payments from government. Uh, and those disaster payments come with no price signal. So there is no incentives for consumers to improve. Uh, the disaster payment comes. We rebuild to the same standards as we had before. We wait for the next event, and then we repeat. And that's been the cycle. So three years ago, our, our industry here in Canada brought flood insurance products to the market. We've also been instrumental in convincing the federal government to play a leadership role. And they held a roundtable this last November in Regina that brought all stakeholders together to talk about the issue of flood. And we are well on our way now to joining the other G7 countries who have a national flood program. And so it's been a very innovative approach to get everybody to the table and the partnerships that it's created and the momentum that it has certainly has us uh, excited. Mm -hmm, that's great. Louis, you Mark, mentioned, yeah, go on, ahead. On the innovation side, there's a, I, I, re, I hope that going forward that people that want to disrupt businesses in, in general through using AI, machine learning, and, and deep learning will think about how can they disrupt the mindset of people uh, in climate change mitigation and adaptation there. So I think there's a lot of work that's being done right now in using AI and, uh, and, and all those new ways of doing things, uh, using data to sell more, to, uh, to, to, uh, to do more, more things that are uh, consumer uh, facing there. 
uh, I, I think I think I hope that there's going to be more effort to predict better, to uh, to try to uh, to define areas using that new technologies that will give consumer more information uh, without without thinking of uh, capitalizing on it uh, on the side. So so I'm just I, I hope that there's going to be more uh, more work being done uh, on that side on the technology on the uh, on the new way of doing uh, analyzing data. Well, to that point, you mentioned you're personally passionate about these issues. One of your slides is insurance is about people, not things. But there are some people who might say insurers are really only in this because they care about the bottom line. So how do you respond to sure. that? Uh, you know what? I think, I think bottom line is key. It's very important. First of all, uh, to have uh, an industry that is uh, healthy, uh, you need to build sustainability. You need to be able to pay claims uh, in the futures. You want to make sure that you have solid... Uh, organization, solid uh, and uh, solid insurance company, but also solid government. Because if we don't pay, it's the government that's going to pay. So the entire system has to be uh, financially healthy. So uh, so yes, it's uh, for sure. We look at our bottom line, but at the same time, uh, when we get up in the morning, I have to tell you there, we 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 uh, we care about our 13,000 employees. We care about our five million customers. And, and we, we, we care about our shareholders. That's, the, I would say, in order, the way we, we, look, uh, we look at the world. And, uh, and how we want to be in business for a long time. Uh, we don't want to transfer all the cost to the consumer. We want to find, we really want to try to find solution uh, to those issues uh, that will uh, make, again, a long-term sustainable uh, uh, industry there. I think that, that that is key. But for sure, uh, we are looking at the bottom line. Mm -hmm. if, sorry, Haley, if I could just, just add, the easy thing for our industry to do on this file would simply be to raise your prices and continue to raise your prices until something changes, until the weather improves, until mitigation efforts begin to pay off. And you've seen some of those increases because unfortunately mitigation is not caught up yet with, uh, with the, the, the uh, deterioration in in weather patterns and the increasing frequency and severity. So you've seen some of those price increases. But that would be the easiest thing for us to do, would simply be to pass on the cost of doing business um, to consumers. But, but I can tell you that, that my board, um, uh, Louis, uh, a member of the board, and 13 other industry CEOs here representing 80% of the, the premium volume in Canada, don't define that as leadership. Leadership is not simply passing on the problem for somebody else to solve. Uh, and they've, they've challenged us as an organization and us as an in industry to come up with solutions that are far-reaching, solutions that, that, that help the country as a whole, that help Canadians, and yes, in the end, ultimately uh, help their bottom line, but to find a solution that's sustainable. Uh, and that's why we do spend as much time, energy, and effort, and resources uh, on this issue, because the, 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 the issue of passing it on is, is really not a sustainable solution. Mm -hmm. That was Don Forgeron, President and CEO of the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Louis Gagnon, President of the Canadian Division of Intact Financial, joining me for an armchair discussion at the Globe Forum. We're going to continue that after this short break. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. 
If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, and if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliott.ca. Second half of our armchair discussion now. Again, guests include Don Forgeron, President and CEO of the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Louis Gagnon, President of Intact Financial here in Canada. Have a listen. I'd like to stay on this topic of shifting mindset. There might be a lot of educated Canadians in this room who are familiar with what climate change is going to mean to them personally, to their communities, to the country. But there are many Canadians who don't really understand what it means. So Don, where do you think we need to begin? What should be done to try and foster greater understanding? Mm -hmm. It's a great question, and, and I think it's at the, it lies at the very heart of, of how we solve this problem uh, collectively. And one of the Bobs mentioned how um, awareness uh, increased after the floods in Houston uh, and, and the, the hurricanes in, in the Caribbean. Um, but we forgot about Houston real fast as soon as the hurricane hit Florida. Um, and I think there's a message in there that, that our memories are short and our motivations are as short as our memories. Um, Partners for Action, which is an industry, an insurance industry organization um, out of one of the universities in, in Ontario, did a, a poll recently. And only 6% of Canadians who live in a flood zone identify that they lived in a flood zone. So they weren't aware that they lived in a flood zone. Um, 20 or 21% of them felt that the, uh, the likelihood of flooding would increase over the, the next 25 years. Awareness is incredibly low when it comes to the risks that we face as Canadians. The National Roundtable that I mentioned uh, in November um, with Minister Goodale and stakeholders from across the country, the number one takeaway has been on the need to raise the, 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 uh, the awareness around risk that we as Canadians face. Because without raising the risk, uh, the awareness around risk, you cannot motivate consumers to action. You cannot convince consumers as to why governments are making these types of investments when they, when, if a consumer is not aware of that because consumers may feel that this is the kind of investment that I need because that's, this, this is what I'm worried about. They ought to be worried about these things. Businesses, uh, while we're seeing an improvement, are not making those investments and those assessments because they're not aware of the long-term uh, long implications of these risks. So there's, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Uh, we're encouraged on the narrow issue of floods, as, as big an issue as it is, that working in partnership with the government and with other organizations like Partners for Action and many others, that we can raise that level of awareness and with awareness, we believe, uh, comes action. Louis, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I, I think on the uh, company side there, I think we have to simplify how we do business there. We, uh, we spend too much time uh, on details and we don't have enough time to discuss with consumer the real risk associated with that. So we have 100 and close to 140,000 people in Canada who are working in the insurance industry. And, uh, and so we have a lot of ambassadors, people that can discuss with consumer what are the risks and, and maybe raise the level of awareness. But our processes, uh, how complex it is to buy insurance, uh, does not fit with, with that objective there. So we have to simplify our our product, simplify the way we do things, uh, better explain what the, risk, uh, the, the risks are all about, give the people the time to discuss that, improve our 
digital presence to give more information to customers at a time on a timely basis. So we have a lot of work to do on that side, and I think we have a big part to play in uh, uh, raising that level of awareness. I also think that we have to, as an industry as a whole, uh, improve our catastrophe response. So, uh, so again, to make sure that we we can we should also talk about that catastrophe response more. Let the people know uh, what happened exactly. How how we use those examples to create awareness, not just where it happened, but uh, but everywhere else. So uh, so when we talk about Slave Lake, when we talk about Fort McMurray, uh, you talk to these things to Quebec or Ontario uh, folks. I'm telling you there, it's, it, the, the awareness of that is not very high. The understanding of what the insurance industry did or the risk associated with those events, uh, it's, it's not really well known. So, so I really think that we have to simplify our product, talk more about our catastrophe response. I, I would say that those are the two things that could uh, bring and give more time to the, all the people that work in that business to discuss real risk with consumers. Mm -hmm. Haley, if I could just add at the risk of, of falling out of favor with my team, if you want to visit our booth in the, the trade show area, so we're talking about raising awareness one Canadian at a time or American, that was for our American colleagues, but for those of you who reside in Canada, visit our booth. Uh, there's an interactive map. Um, you can pinpoint pretty much down to where your house is, the likelihood of, of a flooding event occurring over the next 20 uh, to 100 years. Uh, so there, we've we've increased awareness already. There you yeah. go. That's a great yeah. tool yeah. to have. I'm going to check that out after. But we still we still have a lot of work to do on flood mapping. Yes, we do. Lots of work to do on flood mapping and understand really as an industry where the risks are, and and again, I think we should use more the technology to uh, to address those uh, mm -hmm. those risks. We both touched on the importance of communicating of properly communicating risk, Louis. Is it all about risk? Like, I know that's important in insurance, but do you see maybe on the flip side of things, opportunity, opportunity to invest, opportunity to advance different causes? Sure. Well, I mean, I think, I think that's our business. That, that our business is to identify risk and turn those risk and opportunity for us. That, that's what we do. We, uh, we like to transfer risk or have the risk of the people transferred to us and, uh, and to make sure that we can uh, better understand those risks. Uh, it gives us a chance to uh, to talk about those risks, uh, and also uh, it gives us the, uh, the the chance to price those risks. And it, we need more a lot of information uh, to price those risks. So so lots of opportunity. But as I but I think also as an industry we have an opportunity to raise awareness on climate change in general there, uh, and and uh, and help uh, guys like the two bobs that were there talking about the the mitigation part uh, of our uh, of our organization invest. In, in ways that makes more, makes more sense, uh, try to uh, promote the green bonds and, and all the other uh, events that are happening in the economy right now to sustain and to better uh, to promote uh, climate change in general. So, so lots of opportunity as an insurer on the product side, on the underwriting side, uh, but also because we know what we know, because we have a lot of data, I think we should also play a bigger role in informing uh, industries uh, where they should invest uh, without, without, I would say, influencing uh, those things ourselves, but at least having the information because we, we gather a lot of information. Mm -hmm. so. It's important to talk about it. It's also important to follow up talk with action. And Don, sometimes we hear that Canada is very rich on policy, but poor when it comes to 
operations and addressing climate change issues. What do you think might help get us closer to taking actions and ensure we're accountable? In a word, the leadership. It, it begins and ends with that on, on, on any file, uh, across any sector, uh, whatever sector of the economy you're talking about. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier the issue of floods, the only G7 country without a national flood program. I could reach the, the, the ceiling with studies that, that, that have been done, a lot of them by us, by other groups and organizations. Um, and yet no action uh, had been taken. And it's only until the federal government uh, stepped up to the plate uh, last year there was a tremendous amount of work being done on this file, as there is on this file, on the issue of sustainable investing or moving to a low-carbon economy. There's an incredible amount of good work being done by so many groups and organizations, many of them uh, represented uh, here today. Um, and, and on the flood file, we had 30 or 40 priorities. Well, if you've got 30 or 40 priorities, you don't have any priorities. And the federal government really was able to, to, to bring those groups together, our round table, I'll get the numbers wrong, but I think we invited uh, 60 people and 160 showed up. Um, but what the federal government was able to do by taking this leadership role is very clearly define a small set of priorities that allowed organizations like ours and others to then be able to hone in on what is it that we can do, how can we leverage these priorities so that our contribution uh, can be made greater. So as I said, the levers that we can pull with good public policy, now we're able to do that on the flood file. On the sustainable investment um, piece of the equation, there's been, uh, again, a tremendous amount of great work being done in other jurisdictions. Uh, the EU, um, I think it's the high-level expert group, uh, released a, a, an excellent paper on sustainable investing and providing a blueprint for how uh, as a continent, uh, they might be able to approach this. We need that kind of leadership here in Canada. And I know the federal government is moving us in that direction. Uh, and I'm hopeful that, the, that this conference and, and more like it will provide the kind of momentum. But, but to me, it, it, it begins and ends with leadership, with someone standing up and saying, I'm going to be held accountable. I'm going to provide a roadmap. I'm going to provide that blueprint. And then groups and organizations able to plug into that. Louis, this probably isn't going to apply to our audience here today, but there are some Canadians who don't believe in climate change and don't believe that the impacts we're seeing are caused by people. Should the sector weigh into that or wade into that, or should it remove itself and simply try and prepare Canadians? Well, I think, I, I think in, 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 in being here as an industry there, uh, I, I think we show I mean, clearly that uh, we believe that there's something going on out there. Uh, our role as an industry is, is, is really to protect the people against the impact of climate change. That, that's, our, that's our role. I think, we, as we mentioned, we can bring data, we can, we can bring proof. We're bringing proof of something, something is happening, uh, for sure. When it rains, uh, it pours. Uh, it doesn't rain anymore. Uh, uh, when there's, uh, I mean, I remember a, a few years ago, we were talking about uh, ale storm in uh, in, in Alberta, there there was one or two a year, and uh, they happen they happen every second years. Uh, it, it, they were they were strong every second year. Now we have eight, ten, twelve per season. So 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 there's something for sure uh, that's going on. We uh, and again we uh, we we're trying really hard at providing the data, uh, trying to find solutions. 
uh, offering to customers some uh, product that makes sense. And uh, yeah, and, and I think we're here to, to show that uh, we support uh, the cause that we want to, uh, we want to for sure, like the Bobs were saying, uh, yeah, the planet is, uh, is changing rapidly. Uh, I think as uh, all of us has a, a duty to do something uh, to change that path uh, for sure. And, uh, we have 50 seconds left. I'd like to ask each of you in closing to maybe leave a, what you think is a key mm -hmm. takeaway for our audience. They can walk out of here, they can learn something, the most important thing perhaps as it relates to insurance and climate change in Canada. Don, let's start with you. Um, I'll come back to my last answer, which is leadership. We desperately need um, uh, people to stand up, groups and organizations and governments, all levels of government. Uh, we need leadership on this file, whether it relates to our sector uh, or, or to, the, to the country as a whole. We need some leadership. Uh, we need a roadmap. I think the motivation is there. The climate change uh, horse has left the barn a long time ago. We can continue to have that debate, uh, but I think our focus is elsewhere. But, but leadership is really the word that comes to me. Thank you. Louis? We have to act now. There, there's no more time. Seriously, there. I think it's it's definitely something that has to be happening now. Lots of stakeholders to influence. I think we are in a good position to be the link between many of them, because we have some some proof of what's going on. Great, John, Louis, thank you both so much for joining us today. A round of applause for our guest speakers. That was Don Forgeron, President and CEO of the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Louis Gagnon, who is the President of Intact Financial's Canadian Operations. A good discussion, lots to cover, and you and I are both going to be tuning in to uh, the remainder of the Globe Forum. I'm sure there will be lots of coverage on BIV.com of that. But for now, that's our podcast for today and for this week. This podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Tyler, where can people connect with you? Yeah, find me on Twitter. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. You name dropped it a few times. But yeah, go to BIV.com as well, Haley, because, well, you can find Haley's stories and you can find mine's stories. And yes, we're posting lots about Globe over the next week. A lot mm -hmm. of stuff that made me slip through the cracks at other publications, but uh, not at Business in Vancouver. <laughs> We've got our Asia-Pacific reporter covering it. We've got uh, the, our technology reporter covering it. That's me. That's we've, you. we've got our energy resources reporter covering yep. it. You were there doing moderating. Yep. It is a lot of cool uh, you know, BIV involvement with what's going on there. Yeah, so much going on. Uh, if you want to connect with me, my handle on Twitter at Haley Wooden. I'll be tweeting out some of the coverage we have of Globe over the next couple of days as well. Again, thanks for listening. That's our podcast for this week. We'll catch you next week.